Broadcasting live around the globe from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas. This is Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill, and I will be presenting reports and evidence of some of the most astonishing paranormal claims. I'm joined by my co-host, Renee Rodriguez, and our director and producer, Miguel Cantu, will be monitoring the chat room and phone line. We have a fantastic show for you tonight that will open your minds to the infinite possibilities to explain our universe. Get comfortable and prepare yourself for the best paranormal show in the world. This is Paranormal Analytical. Hello and welcome everybody. My name is Eddie Hill and this is Paranormal Analytical. We got a great show for you tonight. We have uh, Philip Glass, who is one of our main investigators for Paranormal Analytical. When we go out and we're doing the paranormal thing and checking into the unknown. And he is also an active duty police officer. He's a detective or an investigator, whichever you wish to uh, be called, there, Philip. But uh, we'd like to welcome him to the show. And we also have my co-host, Renee Rodriguez, who is our mad scientist for Paranormal Analytical. He puts together all the creepy and weird little gadgets and things that we do when we're out and about. And we also have our special co-host that's on tonight his name's dylan holiday and we're going to be getting different perspectives from him dealing with the paranormal he is 18 years old and he's currently looking at starting up his own chat room and that kind of a thing so we're going to have kind of a younger person's uh view on all the topics concerning paranormal but before we go into all that i'd like to welcome uh philip glass philip hey man how's it going glad to have you on the show well i appreciate it everything is going good uh i hope everybody's been doing well well, absolutely. Well, the reason we have you on here is because we know that you have some pretty incredible stories, and you want to know how we know that? Go to ask me. Because you were with me. <laughs> That's right. I was with you. So we know what stories you have because we know what actually took place. So anyway, uh, everybody, Philip is going to get into a lot of detail over here as far as some of the encounters that we had. We had one that I really want to dive into, Philip. I don't want to wait on this because I know you're on call tonight. So if something happens, he could literally get called up out of his house in a heartbeat and he's going to have to kiss the honey and kids goodbye. And he's out the door and he's slamming the computer well, closed and we're going to be left out here in the dirt. Right? Huh? Bigfoot, Texas. 
Oh yeah. Yes. So we have we're going to be get diving right into the story immediately, Philip. So. Uh, tell us about this last investigation that we were at. Well, it wasn't the last one, but it was quite a you know a couple of years back, where you actually were scared for the first time. And I've never seen you scared on an investigation or in any capacity. Um, I know that you know me being retired police and you're still active police. I mean, we've got a certain mindset, and in all the investigations that we've been in, I have never once seen that you had any fear of facing anything ever until this one night. So let's get into the whole story. Start from the beginning about where we were at and what was going on and what transpired during the night and what you ended up doing that got you into the, into the problem that you ended up having. Oh, uh, there was, <laughs> so we did a, what was it? A two night? I think it was what it was uh, investigation yeah. over in a, in a small town, village, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the house is, is one of the oldest in the area, if I'm not mistaken. And it, it's, it's been uh, modified a time or two, but some of the original features are still there. Uh, and uh, sorry, there's a lot of background on this thing here. It's driving me insane. So... Um, the first night that we were there, I knew it was going to be interesting because I think it was our sound girl and I were standing in this little offset porch thing, and we actually heard a disembodied female whistle. So, I mean, just from that moment on, I knew it was going to be an interesting investigation, and we heard some uh, some interesting disembodied uh, sounds and, and things like that. So, going into the second night, our final night, I want to say it was about three or four in the morning. Uh, and uh, just something had, had was drawing me to that back room of, of that house. And, and I think I came to one you or somebody, and I said, let me get a, a camera. I'd like to go in there solo. And uh, so, Dylan, if you watch the video that, that, I, that I sent... Um, I don't know if you can uh, watch it and have me explain it at the same time. No, I think he. I don't think he can watch it right now uh, because what's going to happen is anything that comes over the computers is going to come straight over the streaming over here where we're gotcha. talking. Okay. So, uh, but go go to go into so, detail and Dylan. I want you to listen closely because I want your opinion as the younger guy, Renee. You were there with us, so I mean, you you know the whole story, know what happened. But that well, before before he says anything, but that house, that house is probably the creepiest place I've ever investigated. It was just. It had on and off. This feel of the house had on and off. And when it was on, you felt it. Uh, go ahead. So, yeah, uh, everybody, you know, we had a long two nights. Uh, and uh, we were, everybody was just kind of relaxing. And like I said, that that back room, isn't that, Renee, that back room where y'all were seeing the shadow figures when we were kind of hanging out outside? I yes. Believe. We were outside uh Eddie saw it. And who else saw it with us? Um, I think maybe Christina, maybe, and then the homeowner. Well, I was seen it. I was inside filming. I was inside in front of the camera with uh. Yeah, Miguel. the homeowner. Uh, it, yeah, one of the homeowners came out, and he saw it too. But we saw it through. We were man, how far we were back? Like I don't know, twenty yards, thirty yards. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I say just about, flew off the table. 
about 30 yards. The house is about 30 yards away with a big glass. Uh, how, yeah. It was a big piece of glass. And then behind the glass, there's the entry. There's a doorway. And yeah. what we saw in the doorway is like somebody peeking over and looking and then pulling back in. But we can see it because the house was lit up on the inside, kind of because of the light on the outside. Uh, I think the moonlight. Yeah, the moonlight. And you can see it in there. It was just, it was weird. That was the same room. That was the same room. Um, so, yeah, like everybody's relaxing in, in the living room and everything. And like I said, that, you know, something was drawing me back there. I kind of wanted to do a solo investigation, which is not something I normally do. And I grabbed the camera, and the way this house was designed was you had to walk through a bedroom to get to a hallway to get to another bedroom. And and uh, so I, I came around the I, – I went through one bedroom, entered that, that glass area that Renee was just talking about, and then you had to go into a small – well, like a six-foot by four-foot little room that they had. I think it was the baby's room at one point. And – as soon as I came around the corners when I saw it standing there and I froze in my where I froze and um, it's all caught on camera and I, I stood there for I don't know a good two or three minutes before I could come up with enough courage to even take a, a few steps forward and I backed out, you know, and, 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 I, and I walked out and I walked back into the living room where Eddie and everybody was. And Eddie looked at me and he instantly knew that something was wrong. And uh, from that point on, Eddie was like, no, let's go back. Let's go back. And I was like, nope, I'm good. You know, I, 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 I don't want to. And so uh, on our way back over there, uh, you know, we with I don't know what it was when when. Eddie and I crossed the threshold back into that room. I had to have the feeling but I had to have my back to the wall. And Eddie knows, as, as law enforcement, when we don't feel safe, we have to have our back to a wall. We have to have it something where we know that there's not going to be any danger coming up from behind us. So I kind of had my back to the wall, and um, he asked me which direction it went. Well, it, out of this bedroom was a garage, I think is what it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, nice. so we went into the garage, and... Once we were in there, I could see the, I don't know, it's pitch black. The only light source that you have is from the, what is it, three-inch LCD screen that's on that thing? On the camera? Well, I'm looking through the LCD camera, and through my, my, my peripherals above, uh, up here, I could see it standing there looking at me, but I couldn't see it on camera. And it was the strangest thing in the world, but... Um, once we got done with that, I packed up my stuff and left and then came home. And, uh, the next day, uh, even my fiance knew something was wrong and she started talking to me about it and I, I, I bust out in tears. It's the first time I've cried in, I don't know, since 97 when my grandmother passed away and I, it was just uncontrollable crying, um, I don't know if what it was projected itself on me. And I mean, I just, I don't know. I've never had that situation happen to me before and it hasn't happened yet. You know, here's the thing, you know, Philip, you're, you're a pretty good sized boy. I mean, you're, you're no little guy. 
you know, you're you're tall, you're built, you know, you can handle yourself out on the street. You know, you've been in plenty of street fights, arresting people and that kind of a thing, you know. But when you approached me and I was there resting on the couch and I looked up and saw you were pale white. And I knew that if I didn't get you right back into that area where you had that fear built up on you, you know, that would plague you because I know it would wear on you after a while once you started thinking about it. And when we got back into that area, I literally had to talk Philip into using his police training in order to <laughs> continue through with the cameras so that we could try and see what it was that startled him so bad because he wasn't moving. He wasn't acting right. So I had to have him uh, clear rooms and clear doors just like we would if we were clearing a building, if there was an active burglary suspect or something like that in there, so that he could get back into that frame of mind and the fear wouldn't be plaguing him or he couldn't move forward because he needed to get back into the into that realm of his training to proceed forward even when something scares you so that he could move forward and move through uh, that location in that area. And it's, it wasn't something that was going to be eating at him later. And he was going to be, you know, doubting himself after that. Yeah. And, and you know, I kind of, when we went to back, back and watched the video, because my camera that I had was, was facing where it was. Uh, you can see what it was. I saw uh, it, it's ever so slight, but you can see it. And that's the neatest thing in the world. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a full-bodied apparition. It was from about the waist up. I, I, from what I recall, and I. It looked at me. I looked at it, and it scurried off. But it, but it, it, it felt like a bunch of sadness, on it. And I, and I know that the the history of that place. There was a cowboy that was shot and killed uh, within feet of that, you know. So I don't know if it, if it projected its feelings at the moment that it died. You know, I I just I have never cried that much in my in years. Okay, what I'm doing right now, people, I just posted uh, the photo, which is a, a actual photo taken from a video clip that. Uh, Philip was holding during the time of the investigation. I just posted that into the chat room for you guys if you're there so you can check it out. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of this experience, man? I mean, you know, you, you're you just now getting into the paranormal realm. You're, you're fascinated by it. You're looking into it. And, you know, you've got certain things in Pennsylvania as well that intrigue you. But, I mean, after hearing his story, I mean, what what is it that's going through your mind? Well, obviously, um, you know, He's a very credible source, you know. This isn't just like, you know, something or, or somebody who's just telling a story. Obviously, it's very believable. Like, could you describe to me in a little bit more detail what you, what the figure looked like? Or, or was it just too dark for that? No, uh, like I said, it was more along the lines. It was it was a, a misty type figure that... You could make out the facial features. You could make out that it was wearing a cowboy hat. You know, you, you could make up stuff like that. You knew it was a male. But, I mean, it, there was no color to it. There was no definition as you and I. Do you uh, know? But, oh, go ahead. But, um, 
Yeah, it was. It was I, I've seen full body apparitions before, and I've seen mists. I've seen orbs. You know, I've seen things that, that before, but I, I, I've just never. I don't know what was so different about this one. Do you have an idea of why it might have been uh, drawn to you? I, you know, quite honestly, I think I scared it. I think it was going about its normal routine and it didn't know I was coming around the corner and we kind of, you know, when, when you meet somebody in the hallway that you didn't know was there and you get kind of startled and you're like, oh, crap, you know, what, what's going on? You know, I, I think that was what was going on. I, I think I just scared it just as much as it scared me. Do you think that you were drawn back there because it wanted to familiar itself with you, or, or, or what? Why do you think you were drawn back? I I don't know. I'm still trying to to figure that out myself. That. Yeah. Well, um, you know, here's the thing, real quick, Dylan. I mean, we were sitting there. I mean, we were exhausted. We've been filming for like what, Philip? Maybe 16 hours. Yeah. Yeah, we were filming for before. like 16 hours that day, and we were exhausted. You know, I was beat. You know, I. I didn't care if a ghost came over and laid down next to me. I've been like, cool. You know, maybe it's a, it had a little bit of warmth. I'm going to sleep. I'm beat. <laughs> I didn't care. I was so tired. I'm not kidding. You know, you, you, I don't know if anybody's been that tired where, you know, you might be in a dangerous spot, but you're so tired. It's like, you know, so what, you know, bring it, you know, but you know, I was exhausted. And when Philip wanted to go back there, I thought, dude, we've been filming all day. It's like, dude, you hadn't had enough yet, you know? I was like, I'm beat. But he was, he's like, I feel I need to go there. I feel like I need to go there. And I was like, knock yourself out, dude. I'm going to be here on the couch. I'm going to sleep. And he did. And the next thing I know, I'm being woke up and he's pale. And I mean, I've been with him on countless investigations. You know, we've been, you know, on investigations from all over, you know, He's dealt with bad guys. I've dealt with bad guys. You know, we've gone into creepy places, done, you know, gone after, you know, some of the worst of the worst, you know, in our careers. But man, I'll tell you what, to see him that scared, I knew something had happened to him because, you know, he doesn't scare like that ever. Do you guys think that the entity that you saw together and the entity that he saw singularly were the same entity? Or do you think that there were multiple entities in this uh, home? Oh, there were multiple. Um, I think there I have multiple. no idea. Yeah, there's multiple. We have we have evidence, uh, audio evidence to prove or to show that there's male and female entities in this residence. Yeah. So, so I, um, well, you know, we've got the cowboy. The the well, actually, the two guys that were shot and killed. The the two cowboys that were shot and killed on the back there in that area. We've got oh, when the, they were gambling. Right, and also, what was it, Renee? The lady, she, uh, the owner, she died upstairs, right? Yep. Yes. And and who else in was that there? really strange room with the weird floor, the wooden floors? Right. Yeah. And then there was another. There was another death that took place there, uh, further back on the property, where there was a shootout back in the old cowboy days, where I think there were some people that were killed. And you got to remember, this is a, this is an eleven thousand square foot home ranch house 11,000 square foot you know so it's not like you're walking into an outhouse or a shed or anything this is a huge house and it's even got a bell which we're going to bring up that story here a little bit too that was funny but uh the it's on over 16,000 acres 
16,000 acres of prime cattle land that was used back in the days of the, the old Western, you know, the cowboys and stuff. And there was Indians and all that kind of stuff back then. So, I mean, you're talking about a place and a property that has had a lot of history and a lot of it was bad. A lot of it. So, I mean, to jumble up all these emotions and all these different spirits up in one place where all this stuff is taking place. I mean, you're going to have activity. You're going to have it. You know, there's no way around it. I mean, this place right here had to have been, I would have to say, on the top of my list for haunted locations I've been at, and I've been to a bunch. Yeah. That was, so, yeah. Phil, Definitely. can you, you know, take, I'm sorry, go ahead. Can you take me back to like, to what you were feeling at that moment when you saw it? Were you just in shock, disbelief? Like what, what was going through you at, at that moment? Well, there was a, you know, as, as soon as I walked around the corner and uh, walked a few steps and you'll see where, where I, I first noticed it, I say, whoa. You know, and that's the moment that, I mean, it's like a brick wall, a clear brick wall. I could not convince myself to go any further than where I was. I mean, I like my feet were planted to the ground, super glued, cemented. And you'll see me kind of move around the corner. You know, I'm trying to peek around corners and, you know, and I can't convince myself to move forward. And I ended up having to back out. And that's kind of when, when where I met with Eddie. And, and tell us this feeling of this emotion that you had, Philip. I mean, because you were really eating, eaten up with all this sadness. I mean, was it like a, a sadness because you felt you were maybe picking up feelings of, uh, you know, this departed soul? Or, I mean, what could have it been? You know, quite, you know, honestly, I mean, the more I think about it, uh, th this entity has a story to tell. You know, and that's what draws me to think that he died suddenly and, and, and instantly. And he's, you know, he's got a story to tell and he's sad. And, you know, the, the long drive home that night, I had a lot of time to think. And, you know, I, I think he was, it was sad. It was sadness. Just, I mean, complete, I, I can't uh, express it enough. Uh, maybe I, 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 you know, the. You know the the old the movie where he's like I'm in a glass box of emotions. You know that that's kind of what what it felt like. You know, and and I just couldn't move. And and you know, of course, in, in the paranormal realm, we call that projecting. You know, the the, the entity projected itself, its feelings onto onto me, and, and that, that that's the first time that's ever happened. Now, in that house, Renee, I remember there was one room where you kept going through, and it had super high emf readings oh yeah remember yeah, that remember room that. that was the room next to it was, i think it was it sunk down it was a it was different kind of material too because it was okay so the upstairs and downstairs of this house had different floors and this one on the second floor had two i remember it had two different kinds of floors it had the wooden floors and then it had the harder like marble floors i think it was a room that was a little more sunken in and the rest of oh that's the room where the ba uh, the owl hit the window, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that room was just oh, and that's the, that's supposedly where the where the owner died. That's the same room you had the SLS on, right? 
I know you uh, had the SLS set up. I don't. Oh, you talking about the? Uh, you talking about the X? Uh, the Xbox? Yes. Yeah, I don't think. Did we get anything? I don't think we got anything with that. No, no, uh, we didn't get anything from there. But it was just the high EMF readings that we were picking up in that area. Yeah, we were looking for um, we were looking for like electrical lines, just in case some of these might be like hallucinations. You know, you get zapped enough by uh, this EMF, this high EMF with bad grounding, it starts messing with you. It starts messing with the head. With at least some people. And, yeah, uh, the, the EMF field. I mean, it was crazy in that room. It was the that that particular actually particularly on the floor when you put it right no and I'm sorry right in the middle of the room we'd hold it up high the EMF detector and you put it right in the middle it'll be constant right there and you think it's because electrical will be on the floor you put you put it all the way to the floor and you would get more but it wasn't like that it was really strange it was like this thing just floating this energy just floating right in front of you. But that energy that we were picking up was moving all over the place. Well, I know a lot of you, uh, I miss see it was weird because that house is everybody had an experience one way or another. And not everybody was with everybody, anybody else, everybody else. So everybody just had everything, just a bunch of weird stuff happening. Um, that night when you were, um, when you saw that apparition, I was so freaked out about that house. I was sleeping in my car and I was next we parked next to the house. Yeah. I had my windows down. I just left my car and I missed all that thing. That's why I wasn't in there. <laughs> that house just gave me the heebie jeebies. And even the outside was even worse because the whole place was covered with snakes. Yeah, I ended oh, up yeah. catching <laughs> one of them. <laughs> and inside the house too. Yeah, oh, that yeah, was that was cool because that, right. yeah, right into a snake and Eddie went and grabbed and threw it outside. That's the one that bit him. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it bit me several times. <laughs> it was an old rat snake. It wasn't any big deal. I mean, but yeah, it was a, that was something else. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe there was one sitting inside the house itself, and he hadn't and, been eating uh, very well either. You could tell he was kind of skinny. They had that pit right in the backyard full of snakes. Yes. That was very yeah. weird about that pit. It was like an old well. Like Temple of Doom, you would drop down in there and you find some treasure. But you had to fight off the snakes first. But you got to admit, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was probably what that, that ranch house was was absolutely beautiful. It was. Uh, we, there was two ranch houses next to each other. There was a, a newer one and then the old one. We, we only got to investigate the old one. But you were right about it. Um, being like a maze you you would walk in the front door and you had stairs going up and then you had a living room and then a kitchen and then the rest of the house it was just and it was just it wasn't straight or anything it would just go at weird angles that was a really weird house and i'd love to go was back because they kept adding to it over yeah. the years it just kept adding and adding and adding and they closed off porches and Turn those into hallways. Yeah, that was a that was a really cool, bizarre house. I want to go back. If any place I want to go back and investigate again, it'd be that house. Well, you know that that uh, episode is going to be worked on here again pretty quick, and it should be coming out real soon. So if uh, anybody out there is interested in uh, seeing the episode, you know, send us your email and stuff so that we know you're interested in it, so that we can definitely uh, have a copy waiting for you if you uh, do want to get a copy of it. But uh, it's it's a very interesting episode that we were on, and uh, it it without a doubt had just 
tons of activity. It did. Uh, I, I want to go back. I'm going to let you two talk for a moment. I've got to try and get Dylan back because we lost him somehow. And uh, oh. I'll be back on here with you guys in just a moment. Renee, you got the con, and I'll be back in just a moment. All right. So so I remember the, uh, the, the house had, I was telling you, had an on and off. So one day, or actually one night, was nothing. And the other night was a creepy night. It was really was on and off in that house. Yeah, it wasn't consistent. Um, but we were able to experience what the homeowners had experienced. I mean, I, we were fortunate enough for that. Yeah, we were. It was, um, man. When, See, the, when, uh, I knew it was going to be good when, when Lulu ended up jumping up on top of me because she heard that, that female whistle the same time I heard it. So and, what, is, uh, did it, what did it sound like? Like a real whistle? Like somebody's yeah, next yeah. to it? Yeah, and, and the homeowner was actually in the kitchen. I don't know if you remember, it was that area where the cowboy was shot, just off the kitchen. Uh, and oh, that, that little area. hallway? That, yes. Yeah. Uh, her and I were standing there. I was giving her the, the tour, and, and we're prepping for, for the filming. And we heard, you know, just a casual whistle, you know, like a, like somebody would be whistling in the kitchen. Well, the homeowner was in the kitchen, and, and I was like, hey, you know, why are you whistling? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm in the refrigerator, you know, and it, it was it was just the craziest thing. <laughs> but he he it wasn't him because I I'd seen him out of the per, out of the corner of my eye, and he had just opened the refrigerator and was standing there, and all of a sudden this whistle pops up, and and of course we you know we weren't prepped yet, and I didn't have my audio with me, but uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, you know we do miss a lot of evidence. We're not filming. Uh, we've done uh I think I've seen more things without a camera than I've actually captured. It's the most bizarre things I've done. They're just no, they're not, you're not being recorded. Okay, so, everybody. Know. Well, listen, I uh, got to step in real quick because we do have to take our commercial break and we will be back here in just a moment. I did get hold of Dylan. He is going to be joining back in. So we're going to be golden here in just a moment, but I'm going to be starting this back up and we'll be back probably in about six minutes or so. So we'll play our commercial, play a tune for you, and we'll be back with more on the story. Y'all sit tight. Don't go away. This is Eddie Hill with Paranormal Analytical and we'll be right back. OpenEyes Network now airs a live simulcast on YouTube. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash OpenEyes Network, features not just our live content, but other videos as well, and is always active. So now you can tune in in many different ways. OpenEyes Network shows air Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live. Be sure to visit OpenEyesNetwork.com to find easy-to-use links to get to all of the places that you want to listen to our shows. And don't forget, all of our shows will now be archived as well on YouTube.
There is a better radio show, beyond that which is known to the people. It is a radio show more informative than others, and as timeless as infinity. It is the equilibrium between light and dark, between the sheeple and the paranormal, and it is heard at the base of man's ignorance and at the summit of his knowledge. This is the radio show of imagination, a show we call The Secret Teachings. Open Eyes is dedicated to finding the truth in all matters. We are not afraid to be politically incorrect or to ask questions. Whether it is the paranormal, government cover-ups, the dark agenda that the puppet masters have in store for us, or aliens and UFOs, nothing remains hidden. Listen to Open Eyes, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on LateNightInTheMidlands.com or OpenEyesNetwork.com. Open hearts, open minds, open eyes. Ben Franklin said, If you do the same thing tomorrow as you did today, you're going to get the same tomorrow as you got today. Changing the world starts with you, and changing you starts with changing the way you think. Late Night in the Midlands can help. Listen to all of our shows at latenightinthemidlands.com because things really do need to change. They say a ghost walks these woods on rainy evenings. They hear footsteps in the leaves and sighs on the wind. They say a ghost stands at the edge of the woods and stares at cars passing on the highway. 
dark figure, dripping with rain and loneliness. everybody now i thought this was going to be more of a little music thing but apparently it was more just kind of creepy stuff happening somewhere off in uh, maybe a cemetery or something anyway it was mood music so i mean hey <laughs> it is what it is but uh anyway welcome back everyone my name is eddie hill this is paranormal analytical i have my co-host renee rodriguez with us and we also have our special co-host today also dylan uh we're glad to have you on here buddy uh dylan holiday it's going to be just like doc holiday spelt the same but he is uh, 18 years old, and he is uh, looking at starting up his own podcast as well, Into the Paranormal and other things as well. And we have our special, special guest on here tonight, which is somebody I've been trying to get on here, but he's always working. His name is Philip Glass, and he is one of our investigators for Paranormal Analytical, and he is an active duty and still working police officer. He's an investigator or a detective for a department and he is still currently working he's on call tonight too by the way so if anybody ever watched uh you know shows like uh maybe like grim or something like that you know where the detective's home and you know they call him up and going hey we got a body over here and we need you here and it's like i'll be there in like 15 minutes that's what philip does right now because he's at home right now so he's with his family so he could jump up and have to leave at any time. So we're trying to get as much information out of him as we can. Hopefully we'll have him for the full two hours and nothing bad will happen in the city. So, Philip, welcome back. Let's continue back with the story, man, because, I mean, it was getting good. And I do not hear Philip. Okay, wait, Philip, try again real quick. Can, can we hear you? I have no audio on you, buddy. Renee, can, can you, you hear me, me now? Philip? Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you. Yeah, now we got you. Okay. Yeah, I had to unmute something. Uh, yeah, so Renee and I were talking about uh, the, we're still talking about the house and talking about some of the audio that, that the disembodied sounds that, that uh, I heard. So, like the first night when uh, I was giving Lulu the uh, tour of the house and, uh, we were in the back part, the portion of it next to the kitchen, and we heard a disembodied whistle, and that's when we knew stuff was going to be good there. It was. It started. That was a perfect way to start. Oh, were you the ones that saw the chair move? Is that both y'all? In the um, kitchen? No, I, I didn't see the chair move. Who saw the chair jump? Eddie, do you remember? No, I don't remember who it was that saw the chair jumping, but... Um, it might have been Lulu. I don't remember. 
somebody saw it. Like I was telling Philip, everybody had an experience. Everybody saw, witnessed, felt something in that house. The camera people saw it. The owners saw it and felt it. Everybody, everybody did. Everybody said, felt something. It was it was a really creepy, cool house. You know the other the other. I've never really had a, a good experience with the SP7 Spirit Box, but uh, we were up in that one uh, room, and I mean it even surprised Miguel. Because I was like, hey, what's my name? And then all of a sudden you hear my name come across that thing, you know, and the look on Miguel's face was priceless. It, it was just, it was great. Like I said, everybody had a good experience there. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, our, he's our skeptic. He doesn't believe yeah. anything. Yeah, he was a skeptic too until he got shoved down some stairs and then he started thinking, well, you know, maybe there's something going on because I felt some hands on my shoulders and, uh, you know, the next thing he knows, he's flying down the stairs, and there was no one behind him. So, yeah, he he's still a skeptic, but he's he's opened up his eyes a little bit. So yeah, we've Dylan. all got a little bit of scares. Hey, you know, it's funny because you you're not a you don't believe in UFOs to actually see one. Kind of like the same thing with Bigfoot. You don't believe in so and so. And that house, if if he didn't believe, I I know you believed after that. Every single person. Now, man. Dylan, you've heard some of this story, man. I mean, what are your thoughts? You got any questions for Philip? Did we lose Dylan again? I can't hear him. I think we lost Dylan again. Can you hear me now? Now I hear you. Yep. All righty. Sorry. Um, I'm just super fascinated with the story. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in, in, in what all of you guys saw, not even just Philip. Um, like, it, it seems to me like you guys definitely saw a lot here and heard a lot. Um, were any of you guys, like, you were talking about uh, your friend that was pushed down the stairs. Were any of you guys uh, assaulted on this, uh, <laughs> on this like, in this area? No, I wasn't. Oh, well, only by yellow jackets. <laughs> and snakes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was listening to that. I heard the, the snake part. Like, to, um, you know, I just think that that's... Uh, that's something a, a spirit really has to have some type of dislike for you to push you down the stairs. You know, there must be something about. You. Well, you know what we found out, Dylan, is that a lot of times if you have a person in the group who does not believe, a lot of times that's the person that will end up having in, more of an experience than other people that are there for some reason. It's almost they're like they're drawn to, to prove it. it. Yeah. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? What do you think you would have done in the situation that uh, Philip was in? I, I mean, I would honestly like to say I would do the exact same thing, but I don't know if I could honestly say I would go back in with a camera and, and film it. I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I would just be shocked. I would be initially shocked. Like he said earlier, it's kind of like when you're in a hallway and you see somebody you're not expecting, you know. Like I would just be in complete shock if I saw this, especially if I knew the background of, of the house and I knew what I thought I saw is what I saw, you know. I would be in complete shock. I would like to say that I would go back there with a camera, but I really don't know. That That's just one of those things. The 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 only time I ever had an experience with a paranormal, you know, uh, an entity is in my house, in this room right here. You know, that's the only time, and it was just one of those things. I was just in shock. Now, Philip, take us back to your very first paranormal experience and what got you involved <laughs> into the paranormal. Um... 
I don't remember how old I was. I had to probably be maybe seven or eight years old. We were living in a uh, a house down here on the the south side of San Antonio, and um, you know you you would hear footsteps throughout the house because it, it was an older uh, mobile home. But we we just kind of chalked it off as the air, air conditioning was popping because you know the air conditioning vents are in the floor, and. Uh, but you know there was a, there was a feeling in the house, and you know you just kind of try to shove it off. But the the bedroom that that what I was in, my bed was in the corner of the bed or in the, in, in the corner of the room. And one night, I don't know what time of night it was or anything like that, but I know I was you know I was asleep. I was out, and something woke me up, and I woke up, and I found three people standing there. One at my head, one at my feet, and one on my side. Now you got to figure. Okay, so there, my bed's in the corner of the the room, so I only saw half the guy that was standing at my feet. Well, I felt them grab me, and then I fell asleep again, or I passed out out of being scared. You know, whatever. But I woke up in the hallway the next morning. So I don't, they, they had picked me up and moved me, you know, just to let me know that they were there. And the odd thing was, is they were, all three of them were soldiers from different branches of the military. One was in the, one was the Navy, one was the, was uh, uh, in the Army. And I had a feeling the other one was too, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I don't know what branch, I guess, but he felt like he was in some sort of fatigues. That is incredible. Did, was there any uh, reports of deaths of military people in that area or maybe in that house? Or, Well, it was over off of uh, Highway 90 and 1604, right there by Kelly Air Force Base. Or not, I mean, not Kelly, but Lackland. Mm-hmm. Right there on the other side of there. Uh, and so, I mean, there's no telling what was in that area before. You know, so, um, I mean, there's just no telling what was there. Wow. Now... During this whole thing, when you had your first experience, did it intrigue you enough where right then and there you decided that this is something you wanted to do, or did this come to you at a later time? Oh, no. I immediately started uh, trying to to build devices to get rid of them. You know, I remember this little, it was, we, we, we came up with this yellow uh, pencil box that had a coil in it. I guess we were trying to create an electromagnetic field out of it. You know, I'm, I'm seven years old. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But you, you became know, a the, mad scientist. Yeah. That's what so Renee somehow did. somehow we, we ended up where we connected the 9-volt battery to it. And I'm really glad I didn't blow up my house. You know, but no, I mean, ever since then, I mean, it was, you know, I'm... I'm I'm physically drawn to thunderstorms. Like I, I have, I get a, a weird feeling when thunderstorms come about, and I've always been attracted to them. You know, so uh, you know the, the the paranormal. I've always been the the lure of it. I've always been attracted to. Hmm. Now, also thinking about this, Dylan. I mean, you said you've had experiences there in your house. What kind of experiences have you had? Well, it. It's actually kind of strange because my experience is almost the exact same thing as his, except mine was not a military personnel. Mine was a woman. Um, so one day I was sleeping, and um, as you guys can see, my, my room is red. Like this it's, wasn't it's super during dark. this wasn't during adolescence, was it? 
No. Okay, no, just, just no, checking. No, no. This was, um, <laughs> this was, uh, this is probably two years ago. Okay. So I was oh, yeah. 16. Okay. So you're past adolescence during that time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I appreciate the joke, though, Eddie. Okay. Um, no, no problem. So I was, I was 16 years old, and I was, I was laying in bed, and, and I just remember being super exhausted this day, which is super rare for me. And I woke up. Um, probably two o'clock in the morning, I would say. And there was like a figure of a lady over me, super thin lady, um, reminded me of like my English teacher in all honesty, but like a super (laughs) thin, super thin lady. And I didn't see much, you know, detail other than that. (laughs) And so I just felt something grab my ankle and like, I don't know if I was dreaming, hallucinating or what, but after that, I, I don't remember anything. And I woke up in my brother's room, who was off in, at college, and, and that's that's all I remember. So you you ended up not you you ended up leaving your room, and you don't have any recollection of that. No, I don't I don't have any recollection of any any of that. You know that's kind of weird that you mentioned that because you know just prior to the show, everybody, uh, Philip, Dylan, and myself, we were talking about you know how many people could possibly be in an institution or institutionalized as being you know having some sort of a psychiatric disorder which may have some sort of possession going on in them or what have you and it's nothing medical but it's actually something spiritual you know because of so many cases that you know end up like this or people you know in modern times you know you know you're not going to believe somebody going well you know i got poultry you know i've got this uh entity in me i got this demon in me or whatever the case may be and people nowadays don't normally go looking for an exorcism you know and whether that stuff is real you know you gotta we have to go on the assumption that it is because you know let's face it i mean back in the days it worked you know in a lot of cases it worked so it wasn't something that didn't always work it worked you know, there were times it didn't work, I'm sure, but there was a lot of times that it did. And because of that, what if, what if that kind of stuff is still happening today, but we're too caught up in, well, we can't think like that. We're modern day society that these kind of things go unnoticed and these people end up institutionalized for no reason other than the fact that they have something spiritually wrong with them that may be taking over. I mean, it's very controversial subject, but I mean... What if? You know, the, the, the thing is, is, is science is designed to have an explanation for everything. And science will never admit that the paranormal exists because it can't be repeated upon being requested to do so. So uh, they, they won't ever admit that there could be a paranormal cause to someone's mental issues. Back in the days of, you know, the religious revivals and... You know, the the witch hunts and stuff, they were very religious, so that was their cause of it. Now it's got to be something medical. We're living in an age of medical or medicine, um, so there has to be some sort of medical excuse for it. Yeah, well, that's what they try and do. I feel like that's accurate. It's like, you know, anytime someone someone says anything nowadays, you know, there's, there's a medicine for them. And, you know, someone someone claims they see something, so we medicate them. And then after yes. they take the medication and they still see what they're seeing, we're saying, oh, it's because of the medication you're Well, seeing you know what? Right. Here's a story. Here, this is, this is a true story. And it was back, you know, when I was uh, still on patrol. And 
we were dealing with a case in Smiley, Texas that was dealing with the demonic. And it was a very violent case. It concerned a 13-year-old that had a lot of poltergeist-type activity in her room and uh, ended up getting in touch with uh, a demonologist named John Zaffis and uh, sent him all the evidence that we had, you know, the recordings and, you know, everything that we, we picked up EVPs calling my name. All kinds of crazy stuff happened in that house, including uh, we had several investigators that were attacked, scratch marks appearing out of the blue on us for no reason through jeans and everything else. I mean, it was just an incredibly crazy investigation. We were there several different times. But to get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's that this 13-year-old girl, uh, had this dark shadow that kept entering her room. Her stuffed animals kept getting thrown around and all this kind of stuff. You know, what if nobody paid attention to her and thought she was just crazy? She would have ended up in some sort of psycho evaluation type therapy or God only knows what. But we actually captured that dark shadow on tape. We captured that thing. And the shadow man. It was a shadow man. And uh, it was just super, super insane what was going on. And that little girl was literally freaking out. She was losing it. And, I mean, it was... And, and I thought about it back then, too. You know, if nobody paid attention to her and everybody thought she was just trying to gain attention or she was doing all the damage to the room herself... I mean, could you imagine what that girl would have had to go through if we didn't step in and intervene and say, she's not crazy. You know, there's something actually happening here. I mean, that, that, yeah, you know, and, and they're, they're partially right because had they sent her off to an asylum or some sort of facility, the events would have stopped because it would have followed her. Right. She wouldn't have gotten rid of it. It would have just happened there. And they would have just thought she was crazy. And they'd have just kept giving her more and more medication, which weakened right. her psyche to begin with. And hey, have you just... guys ever run into anybody that was crazy that you thought that might have been possessed? Have you guys run well, into it while let, you're on let, patrol? Let me, let, me, let me get to the story here now. That's just one example. Now, when I was on patrol during the time of this case that we were working with this little girl, I ran into a guy. We had a disturbance at a convenience store and we had some guy that was in there just, you know, cussing up a storm and, you know, just, you know, uh, really, you know, creating a, a ruckus in there. And anyway, they, the clerk ended up kicking him out. And when I showed up, he was already gone. But I decided I was going to circle the area and see if I see this dude walking around because I was going to check him out and see if he was wanted for anything. So as I'm driving around, I find him and just you know one of your normal you know homeless people you know not any big deal and uh he sees me and i pull up and i get out of the car and i call him over and he walks over to me and i said uh what's your name and he looked at me and he says you know who i am and i was like no i said actually i don't i want to see some id and he looked at me and he goes you've already dealt with me and i was like when have i dealt with you goes several days ago he goes i'm everywhere and he started to walk off and i was like wait a minute get back over here and he didn't of course he didn't have any id on him but he you know i finally got his name after probably about 10 minutes worth of questioning he finally spit it out but the the point that i'm making here is that after i drove off and left this guy he just smiled at me and he said you'll see me again in a few days 
Well, it wasn't until we went back to that place a few days later that it all made sense to me. And I started thinking, I was like, could this dude have been possessed by this, whatever it is that we're dealing with over here? And that's what he was referring to. And it kind of really creeped me out because, you know, he's he's tell, talking to me like I've known him, like I've dealt with him, like I've seen him, you know, like we've, you know, like we're buddies. And I've never seen this dude before in my life, nor have I ever handled him. He wasn't even in our system. So after thinking about it and putting two and two together, that was the only thing I could figure that he was referring to. And when at the at the time when I was at work, you know, I'm in work mode, so I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, this dude's possessed, you know. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this dude's just a creep, you know, and, you know, I just made, basically told him to beat it. But if I would have thought for one moment while I was out there talking to him that possibly it could be a related incident, I'd have dug more. But unfortunately, I didn't, and I never saw that dude again. But it was just the craziest situation. So you just never know. I mean that that was really weird. Yeah, that's the the, the guy that, that like I got dispatched to. He was threatening to kill himself with a knife, and uh, so through my training and everything, you know, of course I got him, dropped the knife, and we got him handcuffed and got him in the back of the car, and I built a rapport with him, and I I, I tried I, I was with him when he got transported to the hospital, and you know, of course we have to sit there with the and wait for the, the psyche valve to be done. But I actually got an opportunity to sit and actually talk to this guy. And uh, the stories of what he was telling me was, was just insane. And uh, the things that he saw, the things that these things were telling him to do. And the only thing I could think of was this guy needs an exorcism. You know, he doesn't need more pills. You know, and, and that's what got me thinking to like what we were talking about earlier with Dylan was was you know how many of these people are clinically diagnosed correct as being schizophrenic versus you know spending some time with with a pastor or father or priest you know and and expressing themselves and maybe getting exercised well you know i feel that no matter what happens people are always going to look to what is more I, I, I want to say they're going to look to what's more scientifically correct, no matter what. And that and that's just the way it's going to be, especially nowadays. However, thankfully, there are some of us that are still out on the street dealing with these type of things that are first responders who can also kind of look at another angle to it just in case, you know, because, I mean, you just never know. And what if these people are just taking all these medications? What if all these people are just getting worse and worse mm. because they're not getting the proper treatment, you know, dur- during the course of their, uh, their, their stay at any of these, uh, institutions, you know, or getting institutionalized for these, you know, psychotic type events when it's really not a psychotic. You event. can imagine being possessed and then you got a drug on top of that to sedate you. So you're just stuck in your body while you have this thing in you. Yeah. It's probably horrifying. Yeah, because now you absolutely have no way to fight it. You know, you have no way to stand up against it. And with that, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back, everybody. Once again, this is Paranormal Analytical. I am your host, Eddie Hill, with your co-host, Renee Rodriguez. We have uh, Philip Glass as our special guest. And we also have 
Mr. Holiday as our special co-host. So, everybody, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. We're going to play this stuff for you. And this is our halftime, and we will be back with more. The rising rate of autism is not just concerning, it's a disaster. No matter what the cause of it is, it is something that everyone should be acutely aware of and actively helping out those in the community that have it. That is why Adventures in Autism was created. Adventures in Autism is a show inspired by our life with our son Seth and the many experiences his autism has brought to our lives. Each episode, we bring you the topic of the week news about autism, and resources to help you and your family or friends out in their own adventures with autism. Tune in Mondays at noon and midnight on lnmradionetwork.com or openeyesnetwork.com and get involved in the community. Let our experiences be an inspiration to you. Attention LNM Radio Network listeners. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the LNM Radio Network by calling 605-562-4203. No smartphone app or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 605-562-4203 to listen to the LNM Radio Network on any phone, anytime, anywhere. There are days that the red pill is bitter in my stomach, but I can't get it back out. I think because I have to. I speak because I have no choice. I walk through this dark age we're in with open eyes. Listen to Open Eyes on LateNightInTheMidlands.com And together, maybe we won't stumble and fall. The Late Night in the Midlands Radio Network is deeply devoted to you, the listener. We feel it is necessary to bring you all of the information that you can use in your life. Each and every day, you will find something to listen to here. And whether you come away from the shows informed, inspired, or entertained, it is our passion. We don't bow to corporations, and we don't have handlers to tell us what not to talk about. We bring you everything. Late Night in the Midlands, however, is fully listener-supported. We need your help to stay on the air and to make sure that we get the bills paid. We need your help to keep the truth alive. If you feel that you have gotten anything out of Late Night in the Midlands, we would appreciate your support. You can become a subscriber 
and help us out on a monthly basis, or if you'd like, a one-time donation is fully appreciated as well. Every year, the average household in America spends over $3,000 on entertainment alone. If you could help us with just a tiny fraction of that amount, you would make all of the difference. Go to latenightinthemidlands.com and click on the subscribe button. Thank you, and as always, keep yourself informed.
And we are back, everybody. Welcome to Paranormal Analytical with our special guest, Philip Glass, who is an investigator with us with Paranormal Analytical. And we're talking about some past cases and things that he's witnessed. We also have Renee Rodriguez as my co-host. And as our special co-host, we have Dylan. Dylan, uh, I know you've been sitting there kind of quietly here lately and listening to everything that's been being said by everybody. But, I mean, what is your overall opinion as far as the paranormal now that you're talking to all of us who have been involved in the paranormal for quite some time and involved in investigations and all that well i I just think it's super fascinating to hear your guys stories and i'd I'd love to hear more and i I know there's more because i I know you guys have done so many investigations you know it is last week we were talking about consistencies with all these stories and it's so crazy to hear his story and my story and how closely you know related they were in a way it's also crazy to hear, you know, what what you and um, you know Renee have experienced also, and everyone on your guys' crew, really. Hey, maybe I think you guys got abducted. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Hey, you never abducted, know. You know that, that, that thought actually crossed my mind uh, later on in life, but I, I don't know. Um, you guys didn't wake up with any weird marks. I'm, 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 does any weird marks or anything at all? That was just. Out of I place. always have weird marks. Yeah, I thought that was just a normal part of life. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, after the uh, abduct- well after this event. However, when I want to say it was it was about a year or so before that that a, a buddy of mine, I, I'm, I guess I was probably maybe six years old, five six years old. He. Uh, you know, it was, it was a huge full moon. I mean, you could see every nook and crevice of that of that moon. And we were just kind of hanging out in the courtyard of the apartment complex that, that we lived in. And we both kind of laid down and just looked at the moon. And we could actually see what appeared to be ships leaving the, and coming and going from the moon. You know, and it wasn't like the this object went behind the moon because it never came out from the other side. It, it, it went to the moon. And then went back the same direction it had just come from. You know, and it was the strangest thing in the world to see. Uh, fascinated me, I mean, greatly. What did it look like? Uh, dots, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just, what I could relate it to is the game Pong. You know, the old game Pong. Yeah. Uh, the white, uh, the, the ball. That's what it looked like. It was it was it was coming into the moon, and then flying back in the same direction it came from, and it just kept doing it and kept doing it, and it, it was it was the it was the craziest thing in the world to see. Once again, I have almost the same story. I was at my sister's house out in Ohio, and um, I was drawn outside for some reason. I, I want to say I was on a on a phone call, but um, I um. Went outside and I, I look up at the sky, and I see the, the same thing. This, this pong like, and it's going back and forth and back and forth, just in the night sky. And it didn't look to be a satellite, and it certainly wasn't some type of you know plane or helicopter going back and forth like that. I I don't know what it was. Yeah, Eddie and I experienced something one night at his, at his old house that uh, we were just doing some sky watching, and something flew over. And I have an app on my phone that tells me the exact location of where the satellites and stuff are. 
uh, and you know, you put the phone up the, to the, you point it up to the sky, and it tells you relevation, you know, where wherever it is the the satellite is, is to where you are, and there was nothing there. That thing was, was moving no, though, wasn't it, Philip? I mean, it wasn't going slow, and then it turned. No, it wasn't. And then it turned. And that, and that same area uh, uh, where, because I lived what like two or three minutes down the road from you. That particular area over there, I mean, you'd see Black Hawk helicopters flying all the time, you know, and there was absolutely no, I don't, I wouldn't think there would be any reason for them to be flying around that area. Now, Renee, um, you're pretty quiet. Uh, what do you have to say as far as that ranch house investigation? I mean, what's your thoughts on that whole thing? Hmm. Well, I think, it, like I said earlier, th- I think that was the uh, the creepiest place I've ever been to. Uh, it was the most active place I've ever been to. It was the uh, man. I, there's so many things that happened in that in that house. Um, but we've seen so many weird. I mean, we've seen other weird things other than than that. Um, uh, actually, I want to start. I want to talk about some of the the other lights we've seen. Uh, I know I've seen lots of lights uh, in the night sky. We do enough sky watches. We see all kinds of crazy things. Uh, to think one of the best ones I ever had was experience was I had a, I was I just got a brand new camera. It was for it was Christmas, a couple days after Christmas, and I went outside in the backyard to test the camera out and had a tripod. And I was taking pictures of the stars. It was just messing with the camera trying to figure out how it works. And then I'm sitting there taking a bunch of pictures, you know, uh, long exposures, two, three, four, five, six, twenty 20 seconds, just to test of the camera. And uh, I was taking pictures, and I stopped, and I had my camera still pointed up, and I look up, I'm just looking around, and I see this red dot just way off in the distance. I'm like, what the hell is that? What the hell is that up there? Uh, it looked like, um, like, that looks like a giant Mars. It's like, there's no way. And it also reminded me of uh, a light tower that's kind of maybe like two or three miles away with a red blinking light. But it was, it was in the wrong spot because I know where one is in my backyard. It was the wrong spot. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. And it was changing color from red, fading, going back up, changing to orange, fading, changing color to the red, fading. It sat there for a good minute staring at this, this light up there. And I'm like, oh, crap, I have a camera. And I grabbed my camera and I pointed up there and I just focused in there and I still had a long exposure. I think it was three second exposure. I aimed it. I focused my camera on this on this uh, object. And this you're, red you're, object. you're, you're freehanding it, right? You're freehanding the camera? No, 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 no. It's on a tripod. Okay, so you did have it mounted. I had it on a tripod and also had the when you hit the button, it waits three seconds to take a picture. Because it let it stabilize, so if you instead of hitting the button and, it, and the camera shakes, right, you hit the button and it takes three seconds, and then it takes a picture with open exposure for three seconds. Okay, so it was perfectly still then. Correct. Okay. So I took a picture of this red object, and it disappeared. It just bloom was gone. I'm like, wow! It never came back on. I was telling you it was turning on and off. It never came back on. I'm like, what? I missed it. So I go back and I look at my I look at my picture that I took. And I actually caught it in motion. Um, it looked like uh, a red teardrop, a tiny little space, another red teardrop, a tiny little space, another red teardrop, 
a title of space, and another red teardrop. Going down at an angle, it's probably like a blood orangish red color. It was just, yeah, I was just shooting down like a 45 degree angle. And I caught it, like dot, 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 dot. Or dot. Do you still have that picture? Because I would yes. love to see it if you do. Um, you know what? I, I, I'll, I'll post it. I'll give, you, I'll give it to y'all. Uh, I got to find it, but I do have it. You know what? I bet I can find it here. <coughs> but uh, that was probably my, uh, that was probably one of my coolest experiences at night. Because we do, I've been more UFO hunting than ghost hunting. Uh, UFO was my was my thing. Ever since I had, I've had tons of experience with UFOs since I was a bitty bitty little kid. That's my favorite thing in the whole wide world is UFOs. And then I then I kind of fell into the ghost hunting. Ghost hunting is still cool, but I think my still my favorite is just looking up in the night sky. And I've seen green flashes. I've had things uh, swoop down on me. One of the craziest things happened to me twice. I was sitting at my when I was grow- when I was dating my wife, or I was at her house, and I was sitting in the backyard, just sitting there in the dark, you know, just sitting. I just like sitting in the dark in the back, and, and I heard this sound like somebody got a big, ginormous trash bag and flapped over my head. I mean, it was a loud, just unexpected sound, and it was so loud it actually fell on the ground, and I looked up and nothing was there. It happened to me this uh, the same spot about two weeks later. I was in the backyard and it did it again. Some loud sounds came down. And just, just made a weird, like a giant trash bag just went over my head, and then nothing was there. That's it crazy. Out so much I ran inside. Now, real quick, back to the ranch house because, and I don't want to burn this ranch house thing out, but the mm-hmm. I do want to get back to it real quick because I promised everybody we'd talk about the the hornet's nest. That was oh, that's right. That was really funny, and that I mean the hornet's nest. We were we were filming for the episode, and we basically uh, we had drones up in the air, and uh, we had Renee and Patrick, who was our mm-hmm. team medic. They were up on the roof. There's this old bell tower at this house, and inside this bell tower, we were, they were trying to get it to work so that we could ring it you know for the show and they were trying to hook the rope back up to it but when they got up in there they found that there was a humongous hornet's nest well i wasn't too aware of the hornet's nest because i was on the other side of the property from the from the house and i was up in the air with uh you know with the the drone and i thought it would be really cool to film them while they were working on this kind of thing and uh, actually getting the, you know, some drone footage of them on the roof working on the bell. So I flew the drone over there. And so I'm looking on the screen as the drone flies to them. And then as I get close to the bell tower, I'm kind of flying in circles. And then I look at them, you know, I'm, I'm watching them through the camera, the drone, because I'm on the other side of the house. And they're waving me away, like, you know, waving. And I'm like, oh, cool. They're waving at me. You know, they're like. Uh, oh hey how's it going how's it going and i'm and then all of a sudden the drone is attacked by hornets and i see all these hornets surrounding the camera and i'm like oh, oh no and so i have I, I literally uh get out of there and they're getting swarmed by hornets and, <laughs> yeah you're the one uh, that started it was them just up. it was patrick so... was on a ladder that was leaning against a 
looks like some kind of giant or some kind of steeple. And there's a church. There's a bell in there. He's trying to put tie a rope to ring the bell. So he's on a ladder inside of this steeple thing, and and it's right on the nest is right there. And then that's when you came by with the, with the drone. And we're telling you to back off because there's 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 wasps on there. And I was at, I was at the bottom of the ladder. I was holding onto it because we're sitting on a roof. So we had to climb out the second floor, uh, second story roof. Had to walk in there. Had to bring a ladder and then place it on top of this steeple. And I was holding a ladder and he was climbing up there. You flew the drone close to the close to us and just just made them mad. They came after Patrick first. <laughs> I couldn't run away because I had to hold the ladder. Because if I took off, the ladder would fall in. He would have been stuck up there. He had to jump off. So I had to hold the ladder while those things were swarming. And as soon as we, as soon as he came down, we ran. We ran back inside the house, that window, or that door, and closed the, that little door that took out to the back to the roof. Well, I got to say, from the safety of the drone camera, it that was uh, it looked really good. Well, I didn't get stunk. <laughs> so no injury came of the attack. No, we got we lucked out. Actually, that trip was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty lucky. We didn't get but hurt. You, but you know what? I mean, the amount of things that happened during that trip was, I think, it far exceeded just about everything else. It did. Uh, we we need to go back. I know I said it before, but we need to go back. Now I know Philip was wanting to, to jump in a couple of other cases. Uh, which one were you wanting to jump into, Philip? Well, since we're talking about the apparition uh, from the ranch house, uh, we could talk about the apparition that I saw when I was with you when we were at the Longhorn. Yeah, we right, there, right there in front of the uh, uh, disc jockey display. Now, everybody, this is the Longhorn Museum, which is located in Pleasanton, Texas. And it's got... I mean, the, the super nice people. They were very gracious to invite us out there. They've been having some activity. And being that uh, Philip is an investigator for their city, uh, they made contact with him and, and gave him the invite. And he presented it to us. And we thought it was a great idea. And we had an absolute blast. And the people are just so nice. They're so wonderful. And, and they were very helpful with the whole thing. And even uh, opened up the, what was that, the convention center for us there in Pleasanton, which is... Uh, yeah. You know where we actually presented the the episode of the Ranch House Museum. Yeah, um, the, the the city was was extremely gracious in, in, in allowing us to do that. Um, but I mean, I, I know Renee had some experiences in the uh, hearse. There's a, there's a hearse there from the late 1800s, uh, a horse drawn uh, carriage type hearse. And um, the director of the museum and I were talking about the uh, staining on the inside of the hearse. And looking at it, it looks like blood, you know. Yeah, and, and I, I can't was... believe I laid in there. <laughs> and it smells, right? Yeah. Actually, Patrick was the first one in there. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he was the first one laying in there. And, uh, and then, I, then, uh, then I went in there. It, just, it was just not right. <laughs> uh, it was just it really does if you would think about it it's it's just not right lane in there like that and uh the only thing well we heard um eddie was outside with a camera pointing towards a hearse and i think we had the um the connect also out there yes 
and uh, we were in, when we were in the, while I was in there, Eddie was outside in the corner looking at the monitor, and there was a loud crash somewhere yeah. in that museum, but we couldn't figure out where it was because it was it was literally next to Eddie. It would just it happened right to his right. It was just right there. Oh yeah, when that it. crash happened, I mean, I literally I jumped. I was like, "What the?" You know, and I I had no earthly clue what it was. Yeah, I mean that that hearse I think is a is a main focal point in that that particular area. And uh, the amazing thing about that place was the director, what before we actually went investigated, had told me a story that her brother, um. He he helped the museum tremendously with the, with the kids, and he was highly involved with uh, with the Frontier Day type things. And she, you know, throughout the, all these conversations we had with her, I had with her, she never told me what his name was. And um, the night that we were investigating, it was Patrick and I, and it, it was after that the, so they supposedly had uh, attacked uh, Christine in the depot and um it was you me and patrick in the in the depot and i was apologizing you know i don't know you know yeah it was i can't remember exactly who was in there but i was apologizing you know and, and trying to play you know you know we, play, we like to play good cap good cop bad cop you know and um i got a name on the evp and i let her listen to it and, it, and she confirmed that it was her brother's voice you know that that was that was the uh, the uh, the best part of that whole thing. It put her in tears. That that uh, that co- that cab was in there was really dark. It was really the really what? dark. That cab in there, the yeah. train cab, was really dark. That was the are you talking about in are you talking about in the in the uh, the one on the outside or the one on the inside? The one on the inside, the depot, the train depot. Yes, the outside. Was, Okay, that was that building um, that's on the outside of the museum. That's a that's an original depot to the city of Pleasanton. Yeah, but that was the one you're talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was a strange little, um, strange little shack. Uh, we we yeah. had a bunch of experiments in there, but I think that was the only one that I think probably the only evidence is you what you got. Yeah, and and uh, since then uh, the activity has has. Uh, presented itself to the to the director of the museum several times um we did a halloween uh haunted house tour thing there this past halloween and uh i ran a little bit of an experiment because one of the groups that that i had followed or i had sent in there one of the guys was saying that that he had seen a female kind of like what you had said earlier you know just kind of peeking around the corner there by the door well, I, I failed to mention that to one of the other groups, and sure enough, you know, as we were standing there, she said, hey, there's a female standing there down there at the base of those stairs that keeps peeking around that corner. So it was amazing that they both had the same experience. <laughs> awesome. Which corner, which corner was it? You know, when you first walk in, you have the stairs to your right that goes up into the little train area, the, the, the loading area. Uh, wait, wait. Which building? In the in the depot, the the detached part where the train where the rail car was. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, as soon as you walk in that door, you know, I have the stairs to the right, and then you kind of walk up those, and it's the loading dock area. Mm-hmm. I had all the groups standing in that loading dock area, and uh, one of them, are they both experienced a female peeking around the corner by the front door? Did y'all capture anything? No, we didn't have any cameras, you know, and, and I told the the guests that they're fit, they're you know feel free to film, you know, but I did have my audio with me and I did capture some EVPs that evening. Well, what did they say? Um, oh, I've got a whole slew of them. Um, there's some that you know say hello. There's some that say that 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 seem residual. There's there's some, you know, there's just like get up or get out or something. You know, there's just it's just a wide variety of, of EVPs that were captured. Now you're saying you didn't have much luck uh, with the uh, the one that sweeps. What was it called? The um, SB7 spirit box. SB7. You haven't had a lot of luck with those with that device. Uh, I've only reused it once or twice. Uh, I'm just I'm still kind of skeptical about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought the same thing because it, it it goes over certain channels and channels are pretty wide, so it, it takes yeah. more than a second to go by. Yeah, so to understand the spirit box for like my end and, and some of the listeners. So a spirit box and the way it works is it goes over a wide variety of channels, mm-hmm. but there's not supposed to be you're not supposed to be able to pick up longer than like a second. So when you hear something that's longer than a second, like a sentence, um, that's supposed to be pretty credible. Am I am I correct in saying that? Yeah, it sweeps the AMFM frequencies uh, from start to finish. And it sweeps all of them within within a second, like you say. So when you when you do hear multiple words or relevant words that that can last over a sweep or two, then yes, it's supposed to be relevant. No, I don't think it, I don't think it does a whole cycle in less than a second. You can actually change it to have more than than a couple of sweeps per per every second or two or three or whatever. It you, you can change the speed of, of the sweeps. And that's why I don't I don't really trust it because it's not uh, you know, for me it's just not reliable. Yeah, because you kind of you can make up whatever you want in your head when you hear when you know we play things back. Yeah, that's- I mean, there, there's the only time that I've ever seen it. I'm aware. I mean, my jaw hit the floor was when we were in the uh, Alamo Antique Mall downtown, and. Uh, it was used up in the, the ghostly bargains room. And uh, the investigator asked, what's the name of this room? And a female voice clearly comes across multiple sweeps and said ghostly bargains. And my jaw hit the floor. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I kind of became a little bit more intrigued with it. But I just, I don't know. I'm still kind of standoffish with it. Alrighty, everybody. Well, listen, we have a commercial break. This is our last one, by the way. And just for everybody to know, I did post a lot of pictures of the Longhorn Museum on the chat room so y'all can check out. So please check it out. And we will be back with you very shortly. Stand by.
There are days that the red pill is bitter in my stomach, but I can't get it back out. I think because I have to. I speak because I have no choice. I walk through this dark age we're in with open eyes. Listen to Open Eyes on LateNightInTheMidlands.com And together, maybe we won't stumble and fall. The LNM Radio Network offers a chat room for you, the listener, to connect with others who are interested in the topics and guests that the LNM Radio Network brings to you. During the live shows, the hosts will even visit the chat room and chat with you, the listener. Click on the big red chat and listen button at the top of the website and join us. No subscription is needed at either lnmradionetwork.com or latenightinthemidlands.com. Why subscribe to Late Night in the Midlands, you ask? Well, I'll tell you why. Late Night in the Midlands covers everything. And through the thousands of expert guests who have joined Michael Vera on his show, come pieces of the big puzzle, which started many years ago. Michael and his guests reveal information dating back to the beginning of time. To this very moment, Michael Vera not only brings you the best guests with the best information, but Michael is not afraid to call out those who are less than honest. You see, in this day and age, we need a radio show we can count on and a radio host we can trust to expose the truth one show at a time. So become a late-nighter and subscribe now. Talk radio like no other. Late Night in the Midlands, bringing the truth back to talk radio. Do you need toner for your Epson, Hewlett-Packard, Canon, Brother, Apple, or Sharp printers? Look no further than Laser Technologies. In business for over 20 years, they offer the lowest prices on toner on the web. They can also repair your laser printers and toners fast and easy. Call their expert staff today at 561-792-9600 or email us at service at laser-technologies.com for all your toner needs. All toner is shipped nationwide. Why wait? Get the lowest prices on toner call or email us today there is a better radio show beyond that which is known to the people it is a radio show more informative than others and as timeless as infinity. It is the equilibrium between light and dark, between the sheeple and the paranormal, and it is heard at the base of man's ignorance and at the summit of his knowledge. This is the radio show of imagination, a show we call The Secret Teachings.
back live my name is eddie hill i'm your host for paranormal analytical and we have our special guest we have philip glass we have our co-host his name is renee rodriguez also known as the mad scientist and we also have our special co-host we have dylan who is with us tonight and he is our younger half i guess of the crew here and uh, we're getting a younger person's opinion with uh, Dylan Holiday, And uh, we want to appreciate everybody for listening in on Paranormal Analytical. And just real quick to let everybody know, this is going to be our last night on this time spot. So if you want to catch us after this for next week, still going to be Thursdays. But I believe they're putting our show from 3 a.m. Eastern to 5 a.m. Eastern every Thursday night, I believe is where we're moving to. So if you want to catch our show, it's going to be a little bit late, but you can always go back and listen to the podcast of it and uh, check it out because we always have something cool that we have on the show. So anyway, we're back to it. Philip, are you with us? And we still have, hang on. I'm still trying to get Philip here. Uh, Philip. Okay. He's saying one minute. He's got a finger pointing. So, Renee, are you with us? Renee, are you with us? There we go. Okay, I got everybody back. Okay, great. Okay, so anyway, Philip uh, left for a moment. But uh, what we're going to talk about now, uh, Renee, I want to take us back to uh, the investigation of Polly's Chapel. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And Polly's Chapel was an old chapel that was built by Polygermo Rodriguez back in the 1800s, who he actually worked with the U.S. Army as a tracker. Uh, he was a scout. Um, uh, he, he did a lot of different uh, things within, a, you know, during his time, uh, you know, tracked Indians, the whole works. I mean, he, he did a lot. But uh, he was also one of the first uh, rangers here within Texas, and uh, or Texas Ranger. And uh, he built Polly's Chapel, or the chapel itself, by hand out of all the area bedrock and, and all that that's there. And the chapel still stands to this day and as a monument. And you're able to go in there and check it out as long as you leave things in the same shape or better than what they were. And uh, they have a sign-in book and stuff like that. It's it's beautiful little chapel out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it took me forever to find it when I'd heard about it. And it's incredibly on. It has a lot of activity in it. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And Philip. Tell us, what was your impression you when we went out there? Yeah, I got you now. I, I got, I was finally able to get my mic going. All right. Yeah, no, Polly's Chapel was, was crazy. Uh, although, I, I mean, 
Person, personally, the only really experience I had was, you know, when, when uh, I felt that cold spot go through. But you just get that feeling, you know, when, when you get it. It's, a, it's an old building. So. I think that cold spot happened to everybody. That was a uh, bone chilling. If I would, we were sitting all in the same spot. I, yeah, it was towards it was the end of the investigation, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, it, it was just a, another sad feeling that I got. You know, I almost started crying. It was crazy. Yeah, that that uh, cold. It's like uh, it goes like into you, like it goes like through your bones and through your muscles. It just goes right through you, and you're just cold from the outside in. It's just gross cold. Now we did was- have uh, at one time we had a big rock holding the door open, and. Uh, that big rock that was holding the door open, I mean, it weighed probably 20, 25 pounds. And uh, it was, uh, it, it literally, or, I'm sorry, it was holding it shut because we had it holding both uh, both doors shut. And these are big, heavy wooden doors. And we were in there talking and the door literally, with no wind, uh, there was no wind that night and it's secluded around a bunch of humongous oak trees. And I mean, it, it's a, lot of brush and stuff out there so i mean you don't really get a whole lot of wind where that chapel sits the doors literally open shove the rock out of the way and i mean the whole way of the length of the of the doors it opened and it was it was really impressive but i think the most impressive part of the whole investigation was when uh we rang the we rang the the steeple bell you know, yeah anybody that started everything. Try again, Philip. I said, yeah, without telling anybody. Yeah, wasn't that cool? <laughs> no, that uh, that like that was like the on switch or I don't know, or the power button for everything that turned on after that. Somebody saw, I think it might have you been, Phil, that saw those lights behind the chapel on that shed. Yes, yes, the, the wavy light. Um, yeah. kind of, kind of like when uh, you see water reflecting off the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we we, uh, we tried everything in our power to, to uh, debunk that, and we couldn't figure it out. Yeah, what it looked like to me was a ethereal, like a wispy ball of I don't know, like glowing fur or something it's just sitting there and it's like like spider webs that's what kind of remind me of it's kind of like um it was spider webby ball of it was like translucent and there was light in there and it was just just it it, but it was weird because it kind of went and disappeared it didn't last very long the one at least what i saw you saw more than i did because i went up there after you saw it i went up there real quick and i got a little closer but I only saw that one ball. I think you saw more than I did, but it still was just a weird, I don't know, lit up spider web. Yeah, because went, we were inside filming, and after we ring that uh, the the bell, uh, because we'd heard that if you ring it three times, that normally does something. Well, of course, you know, we we're like, well, let's give it a try, you know. And while we were inside filming, we ring the bell three times, and of course, it kind of caught everybody by surprise outside, because close to where that chapel is is a cemetery where Polly himself is buried. And uh, after we rang it, all of a sudden, we 
a few minutes went by and we're filming and I'm talking in front of the camera and I look out the window and the whole team is scattering, kind of running around with flashlight. We're like, what is going on outside? So we had to stop what we were doing because there was just so much activity that we were looking at that you guys were doing outside because we had no idea what happened and we were fixing to leave the chapel and we were going to go to the, the cemetery where Polly was buried. Of course, so all our equipment for the most part had already been packed up, put away, and we were doing kind of the final segment of inside the chapel area. Yeah, none of us had cameras except for Miguel, which was just filming. Everybody okay. else had their stuff put. But yeah, because we had to drive like it was like a quarter of a mile down, right? Yeah, it was about a quarter of a mile to get to the cemetery. Yeah, that That's was the night that y'all saw the lights at the cemetery, right? Yes. Oh yeah. I caught I caught it on film, but it's blurry because I'm turning around real quick because I'm just trying to get a picture of it. So the picture I took of it is just it's hard to tell, but what we saw, uh, at least what I saw, Eddie saw. See, it's weird because everybody saw something a little different. So what I saw uh, was one light coming on from the bottom, looked like a like somebody had a. Uh, Compact, like a, I'm sorry, not compact, but fluorescent light. But it was kind of like that weirdish, wavy, but it was brighter, uh, wavy spiderweb thing. And it would look like a, just a stick just kind of went from the floor. Like you could see it at an angle and it turned on. It went up like that to me and it turned off. Now, Eddie saw something different, I think. Right. Yeah. And see, and when I was standing there, we were standing close to the burial site of Palagirmo Rodriguez. And I was talking about the chapel, talking about, you know, what he did, that kind of a thing as we were filming right there close to his, uh, his burial site. And while I was doing that, I kept noticing this light off to my right, you know, down the, you know, deeper into the cemetery. And, uh, I mean, I had no earthly clue that it wasn't you guys. I thought it was the team who was inside the cemetery, you know, looking around. So I kept talking to the camera until it finally became so, I mean, it, it was really distracting. So I kind of turned and looked toward where the lights were. And it looked like there were three uh, uh, fluorescent lighting tubes that were moving up and down, kind of like somebody waving to us. And uh, so I'm watching this. And then it struck me, well, that can't be our team. And then I said, is that any of you guys over there? And the next thing I hear is somebody from the team yells back, you see that too. Well, when they said that, I thought, wow, that's something going on. And by the time Miguel turned the camera around toward it, it had stopped. And all of us started running to where those lights were at immediately with flashlights. But... You know, there was nothing there. It was oh, whatever it, it was. It was scared it off. Yeah, we'll have to go back there again. One of these uh, cooler evenings. I know it's kind of warm. Actually, time. today would have been perfect. Tonight would have been perfect for this. <laughs> uh, no, I just came out. You know, from outside of Hank. You no, know, let the dogs go out. And it was a nice night. Clear. It's dry. It's beautiful right now. Would have been I mean, perfect for it. But I'm usually asleep right now, so man, that uh, 
we have to do we have to do another investigation, but we have to be we had to put more equipment out there and we have to just be ready. Everybody just has to be ready for this time. And then we'll maybe yeah. we'll capture something. That was another, really cool. Another place I'd like to go to is to back over to the Lavaca County Jail. That was that was pretty crazy. Yeah, and in reference to Lavaca County Jail, next week, everybody, uh, you're definitely going to want to tune in. Uh, we have Deborah Fawcett, who's the curator of uh, the uh, Lavaca County Jail, and it's the old Lavaca County Jail, not the modern one. It's the old one. And uh, let me tell you, we did an investigation there, and and we filmed one of our episodes there as well. And that place had quite a bit of activity. We're going to get into a lot of the stuff that happened well, when we have her on next week, so we're kind of saving it. I know Philip's dying to talk about it, and we'd love to get into it right now. But honestly, uh, we probably have about two or three minutes before we got to shut down. So there, we really don't have time to go into it anyway. But... We do want to let you know that next week we're going to have Deborah Fawcett on uh, with the Lavaca County Jail. She's going to be on with us, and uh, we're going to definitely be talking about where the jail's been and where it's going and what occurred when all of us were out there investigating. Which is that was some pretty really cool experiences cool. there. Oh yeah, it was it was a great yeah. great investigation, and she's such a nice lady. I mean, she really is, and uh, she took real ca- good care of us while we were out there, and. Uh, we we absolutely had a blast on, on that investigation and while we were filming. It was awesome. Philip, you look tired, man. Yeah, I'm normally asleep right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm watching Philip right now and he he's like, you know, fading. He's yeah, I I guess it's good that we're gonna have to shut down here in about a minute because he's like on his way out the the <laughs> of this realm of existence. <laughs> Told you you need to load up on coffee. But you know what? Uh, it's great having you on here, Philip. I mean, I mean, it's been a while since uh, all of us have been together and, and been out filming, but uh, we're definitely going to have to be doing that soon. But also, one more thing, everybody, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend, we're going to be out filming our first episode of the Deadly Dogman series up in Dallas, and we're going to be investigating and talking to an eyewitness who had an extremely close deadly dogman or werewolf encounter and uh, he's got witnesses to back him and it's going to be really cool and that's going to be the first episode of the deadly dogman uh in search of the lycanthrope so i mean it's going to be really awesome and we're looking forward to being out there and filming and uh we, we've been getting warnings from everybody to be super careful but we will be extremely armed so uh yeah yeah this is going to be interesting yeah so if this uh (laughs) i I have to say that dealing with uh werewolves has been uh an interesting venture for us but and it's definitely off the subject of uh, what we normally do but uh i think we have the a a great team and we're going to be out there checking it out philip if you weren't working so much you know this would be right up your alley well, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm nine to five now, but with school and being on call, because I'm a full time student as well, it's just a little difficult. Yeah, I understand that, buddy. All right, everybody, uh, that's going to be it for uh, this episode of Paranormal Analytical. And just remember, next week it's going to be from three a.m. to five a.m. Uh, Eastern time. So be looking for Paranormal Analytical at those times. 
and uh, we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you. Y'all, please stay in touch and definitely, definitely be safe and take care out there. Uh, if you get a chance, check out our Facebook page, Paranormal Analytical. Also check out our YouTube and uh, I think we have some other stuff out there somewhere for uh, Paranormal Analytical. Somewhere so, in cyberspace. Yeah, okay. somewhere in cyberspace. And uh, look, also uh, look for our Deadly Dogmen uh, teaser videos and stuff like that. And uh, it's going to be, on, we're going to also have a Seed and Spark thing going on with that here before too long for the showing. So be on the lookout for that as well. So definitely look into all that. And we shall talk to you guys again very soon. Take care. We love you guys. Thank you so much for being with us. And we shall talk again real soon. Night all. <laughs>